Our reality is but a dimension, the uppermost layer in a tower of mirrors. Beneath it are the many reflections cast by our reality, similar but not entirely the same. A staggering number of worlds, lands beneath a dark sun, a world of three moons forsaken by the gods, realms long forgotten, and countless thousands more. You are about to enter one such reflection, a world still recovering from a magical apocalypse, a place where magic is regulated, goblins trade their wares throughout the lands, and the north is dominated by giants. Today, the sun rises over Hymirin and the Wilderin. This is An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. And now, Chapter 19 of An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. The Keeper of the Grove looks at you with shock in his eyes, and you look down to see the tip of a spear protruding from his chest, blood splattered on your clothing, and he drops dead. Oh, shit. Does he still have this book out? Uh, yes. There? I will go to the book, start reading from where he left off to see what I have to do, and then I will continue on with the ceremony. Hearing you bear witness to the fall of the Keeper, the ceremony immediately stops with his death. There is a panicked look on Mokui's face. Earring shifts into his cat form, pulls out a battle axe and a dagger, looks to Mokui, you need to get this done. Let's give him a look up. I can do it, but I don't know if I can do it, look. You better do it or we're all dead. Is this the brown pants episode? <laughs> it's the red shirt episode. <laughs> Long way, the droves of faceless ones have emerged from the tree line and are now crouched low, skulking towards you menacingly. I'm going to yell out to them. I am Longway, swordsman of the east, brother to Madre, the shield of my allies, the tip of the spear of my foes. Turn around now or face certain doom. I'll grant you inspiration for the monologue. <laughs> You. But they ignore and continue to move forward. Dash? Dash gets a look of utter surprise on his face looking down, screams out, Keep her down! And fires an arrow. Where? Into the front line. Okay. Roll your attack. That's a 20. Dirty. That dirty 20 will hit. That's a 6. Faceless one directly in front of you catches an arrow in the shoulder. He jerks back a moment, a look of surprise. And continues forward. Madri. Madri starts a low drone and then starts chanting Magia, Elder of all dragons. Yes. <laughs> Flame of the world, we await you. We request your assistance in this battle to protect the magic of the world. You are our last hope. We will hold off all of the fiends until you arrive. Magia, we call upon you. And he just loses an arrow, starts firing upon the crowd. 21. 21 hits. Are you hitting a wounded one, or are you going fresh? I'll take out the wounded one that's just hit. Okay. It's uh, seven damage. And he falls. Arrow protruding from his forehead. Magic keeps chanting. Mokui. I will go to the book to see where he left off. I will need a really good arcana check. That was the really good part. Ten. And <laughs> <laughs> you look from the dice to the sheet, back to the dice, back to the sheet, going, yeah, there's not that many pluses. 
either we're doomed or we need to bring everybody out to fight the hordes of faceless ones and then do the ritual. Mokui rushes to the book, a sense of urgency in his step, finds the place in the book where it is the beginning of the ritual and then turns to you slowly with a look of shock on his face and deep concern. Son, if you're out there, please show up now. Please, <laughs> please, son. Earring? Earring will Earring will cast Zephyr Strike on himself, move up, and attack the front line. There is a swirling of magic energy, and Earring leaps to the air, emitting a growl somewhere between feline and human, and moves at blinding speed to the front line, coming alongside his allies. And he will attack first with his battle axe and then with the dagger. 17 and 16. Both are hits. So the battle axe is four normal damage and eight force damage. Okay. He falls beneath your first blow of your battle axe, cut deeply into his chest, wrench it free with a spattering of blood, and more begin to pour out of the forest. Your enemy begins to rush up on you, three on each of you and they attack. Long way, three rush up on you, and there is a blinding duel of sword, spear, and hammer. You deftly deflect their blows with your skill. You are far more skilled at combat than they are, but they have advantage in numbers. See what we can do about reducing those numbers. Madri, you are beset upon by your foes. They rush in, one with a spear thrust. You parry aside with a forearm strike. Another one launches a spear in your direction. Again, that is struck aside with an open palm maneuver. Did he throw it? Yes. I deflect missiles. He missed. Oh, he missed? Well, fine. (laughs) I'm going to do it one of these times, Scott. I'm going to deflect all the missiles. The last one rushes in with a hammer blow, but you step aside. Shove him to your right with your foot, a blow to the inside of his thigh. Earring, you are set upon by your three opponents, all wielding spears. The grace of your feline form makes it easy for you to maneuver in between their clumsy blows. They have all missed. Earring? Earring will attack first one to the left with his axe. 23. 23 hits. For six points of damage. The one directly in front of him. Now, the same one. He'll attack with his dagger. 15. 15 hits. For six points of normal damage and one point of psychic damage. You move in on your enemies. You almost look shocked at your speed. Your battle axe bites deep into one. His head lurches back in a silent scream, and then you thrust into his throat with your dagger, finishing him. I will then disengage by feedback. Long way? I'm going to attack the two to my right, which would be the ones closest to Madre, scimitar in each hand, and strike out one for one target and one for the next 14. Miss. And a 20. That's a hit. And that's going to be for 10 points. I'm sorry, 9 points. Okay, you slash one of the enemies across the chest with your sword, and it was the dagger you followed up with? I have two scimitars. Oh, two scimitars. And the second one misses its mark as the creature you hit stumbles. Dash. Interact with object. I place a hand on the tree. Say, Great Mother, Oma, we're doing our best. And I aim for the one to the right of earring. Four. That is a miss. Arrow sails by you. Madri. Continuously chanting. Madri strikes out to his right with an uppercut. 
That wasn't great. That's a 10. That's a miss. 10 misses. And then he turns to his left and diagonally in front of Longway in a straight line, getting as many of the foes as possible. He calls upon the powers of the ancestral dragon and leashes out uh, with a gout of fire as he calls upon Magia's name. Releases a gout of fire directly in front of Longway. Straight in the line. Looks like he's going to catch at least six of the foes. They each make dexterity checks. What's the target number? Oh, uh, sorry. I wrote this down somewhere. I think it's 13. 12. They all fail. They each take five points of fire damage. As the dragon speaks. <laughs> the ones that were originally wounded drop. How many was that? Three. The others remain up, though they are ablaze. Your dragon's breath caught the first three in the line and incinerated them. Their incineration, or their bodies as they burned, must have provided some protection to the other three in the line, but they did not leave the line unscathed. Mokui. I will turn to Acorn, and I will tell her, you need to trust us, and you need to speak to Oma and ask her for any assistance that she can give us, even though she is dying. You are here to take her place. An earring, Madri, Longway, Dash, and myself are here to make sure that nothing happens to you. Then I will have her do that, and I will continue reading the book. She walks over and places her hand on the old tree and closes her eyes and then opens them, turns to you, and shakes her head. No. You need to do this, or we're all going to die. Earring will die. Oma will die. She looks at you and says, she does not speak. Perhaps she will just listen. She shrugs her shoulders. I will continue doing the ritual and see what needs to be done next. Let's have a lore check. By lore, you mean Arcana? Arcana, sorry. Nine. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. You know, just transform and get your ass over here. Let him work. We have our job to do. You <laughs> letting him work is like letting you uh, read maps. Yes, but we have no idea he sucks horribly. We think he's doing a great job. It's true. You're quite busy with yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> you begin to feel sweat beating up on your forehead and running down your armpits. The stress is on. Yes, it is. It's only the fate of the world. At least Eric won't be mad with me no more. <laughs> Long way, you are closed in again by three more enemies. The first uses an overhead chopping motion on you. You dip under the chop, avoiding the blow, and inadvertently step into a spear thrust. You take seven points of damage. Got it. The third blow misses. Hearing, you are attacked as more move in to fill the ranks of the fallen. There's a flurry of slashes and chopping motions from the wicked scimitars they wield. But again, the grace of your feline form affords you safety for now, anyway. Madri, you are attacked. Four enemies move in on you. Your display of flame breath must have attracted some unwanted attention. <laughs> Fiercely, they beat at you with their weapons, stabbing, slashing, <clears throat> striking your shell. But the hard shell of your people provides you a tremendous amount of protection, and their weapons bounce off it. Ringing off like a Jamaican steel drum. <laughs> Earring? Earring will attack one closer to Longway battle axe. That is a 12. 12 misses. And he will attack the one, same one with his dagger. That is a 16. That'll hit. That'll be for 6 points of normal damage and 4 points of psychic damage. 
you thrust your dagger up into his armpit, his back arches with the pain, and then a wave of energy passes over his body, and he falls limply to the ground. I will then take a five-foot disengage action to move closer to Longway. Longway? Seeing my brother surrounded, I am becoming somewhat upset, and I am going to let out a draconic roar. That is going to give anything within 10 feet of me. If they hear me, they are going to be stunned for enough and draw their attention to make their actions a little bit sluggish. And it's going to give my allies an advantage on anyone that hears me within that area of effect. So that's going to be two in front of Earring, the three in front of me, and one, two, three of the four in front of Madre. And that grants advantage to all here. attacks till my next action. And then I am going to attack once again two of them that are in front of me. There is a roar that emits from Longway that sounds as though it was emitted by a creature far larger. The, the enemies, all of them, they shudder before the roar and stop and then continue to march forward. After my roar, I will now attack. Uh, again, I'm going to take the two that are in front of me and a little off to the right so I can hopefully make my way towards Madre if he needs it. That is going to be a 23 and a 24. Both are good hits. The primary is going to be a 11 points damage and 6 points damage. And two of your enemies fall before your feet. There is now a river of blood flowing by your sandals. But the enemy keeps pressing forward. Dash? Dash is looking at the one on the left of Earring. Takes a quick glance down to make sure nothing is coming out of the wood line closer to where the ritual is attempting to be made. Nothing at all. And then fires. You have advantage on that. Good. I thought he had to be That's an 18, 19. What is it? 19. 19 hits. Roll your damage. Or six points of damage. Your arrow flies true and strikes the enemy in front of Earring in the thigh. He continues to press forward far slower now than he did before. Madri? Madri's going to reach out and touch someone. And it's going to punch the guy in front of him. You or the advantage. enemy in front of him. And with advantage, he gets a 20. Not natural. 20 hits. With uh, six points of damage, he's then going to use a key. That's one of the ones that's already been injured by the breath weapon. He will fall. He then is going to reach out and hit somebody else with a key. Flurry of blows. Oh, thanks for the advantage. It's still not going to be enough. That's uh, 12. That's a miss. And then he strikes again. Good thing I have more dice. Yeah, it's a small table. It's only four feet wide. Fifteen. Fifteen hits. A gout of light comes off of his fist, and he hits for max damage of eight. Eight. And that Lightning one. damage. The first enemy is dispatched rather quickly as you strike him with a backhand. His neck snaps back. The second enemy moves in, thinking you are unaware of his movement, unaware of his presence behind you. And another spinning back fist launches him back a few feet, catching him unawares. But he still stands. Not for long. Mokui. Mokui takes a deep breath, casts guidance on himself, and then continues to go on with the ceremony. What does guidance give you, Mokui? It gives me a D4 to my ability checks. That's going to come in in handy. Yes. <laughs> you're going to have to do an arcana check now. We are going backwards. We are at eight. <laughs> With guidance? What'd you roll for guidance? A one. <laughs> oh, no. 
We need to get you some new dice. You, you please, what? son. Please, son. <laughs> please come and help. Celine, Celine, please come and help do the ritual, please. The lady who sold Dash the gloves, come help. <laughs> the lady I shot the thigh, come help. <laughs> I've got to move these dice away. These you, are. I think we should you take wipe. a collection. Everyone grab one die from a spare set. We'll put another set together and pass it off to him because his are broken. You wipe a river of sweat from your brow. Wipe your hands on your pants. Like I'm doing now? Yeah. Yeah, be careful. You might actually poison yourself with those it, rolls. He's got gloves on. <laughs> is, is the book facing the right side? I think so. New dice. A druid set. They're solid wood. Well, they can't roll any worse. <laughs> Don't say that. You want mine? As Earring, Longway, and Madry hold the line, you see several archers step from the wood line and you hear a horn sound in the distance. The sky grows dark with arrows. I have movement left, so just in case, I'm gonna move right up to one of them and effectively use him as a shield. Oh, one of the ones standing in front of you? Yeah, I'm gonna go nose to nose with him. Granted, my nose is a little longer than most, (laughs) being a lizard and all, but I'm literally gonna move up and use him as a shield. I see Madri smiling. We'll get to that. <laughs> Only if it hits. <laughs> the, the arrows fly, darkening the sky. Mokui, arrows rain down upon you everywhere. One strikes the stone altar where the book is, tinking off it and causing you great concern. There is a look of deep concern on the face of Acorn. Earring. Yes. You are hit with an arrow. Arrows peppering the area. They take out your foes in your immediate area, and you take four points of damage. All around you, arrows tink as they strike rock. You can hear them thud into your enemies, into the trees. Long way, you are hit. Okay. That is, as your humanoid shield falls peppered with arrows, you take 12 points of damage. Dash, arrows rain down upon the tree all around you but you are not struck by any. Madri. Yes? You are hit. I reduce the damage by nine. You take no damage. I take that weapon, or that arrow, and throw it back in the face of one of the attacking enemies. What's the better roll there? You're going to throw it? Oh, yeah, that's how that works. Okay. That's uh, 24. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You stand amongst a maelstrom of arrows, and... You can feel them tinking off your shell. One of them, you see this particular long way, is going straight for Madri's face. He is done. This will be the killing blow. You will watch your friend fall in battle. After so many battles together, this will be the end of him. And he spins, struck by the arrow, square in the face. When he completes his spin, you see his arm raised back, holding the arrow meant for him. And he launches it, and it flies true. And one of the archers falls. He's been saying he could do that for years, and I've never seen it. I'm glad he wasn't lying. He looks at Longway and says, you owe me a copper. (laughs) (laughs) Earring, archers are at the tree line, peppering Oma and the grove with arrows, seemingly having no regard for the foot soldiers that still begin to move in towards you. Approximately how far away are the archers? They are 90, almost 100 feet. 100 feet. Approximately how many of them are there? There is a line of 30. How often do you need to do that breath weapon? Got one more. There's a whole lot of archers asking for it. Let's go. To your right, 
is a snow birch just beyond a rocky outcropping. To your left, Madri, is but one tree ahead of you, but otherwise open ground with the exception of some small trees and bushes. And about 100 feet in front of you is the line of archers. Madri will cut to the right along the rocky outcropping and then run as fast as he can, 80 movement speed to the line, at least as close as he can get to the line, and he'll wait until his next round to continue. Earring? Earring will cast Zephyr Strike on himself and then make a double move mad dash to that line. With Madri. With Madri. Side by side with Madri. Madri and Earring break formation and make a dash to the line of archers, leaving Longway to stand and defend the grove. Hold the line. There is a look of intense satisfaction on the face of the enemy as they think two of your number have just fled. <laughs> I'll begin to chuckle to myself, swing my swords to, to clear the ichor that's already built on the blade, and move forward to engage the line. Now that they've been so kind as to open up a field in front of me, I'm going to use that advantage to press them back a bit and charge up onto the next group. As I move, I'm going to use... My second wind as a bonus action is going to give me an additional a D10 plus three hit points okay. to kind of reinvigorate myself. Then I'm going to attack the first ones I come up on. Roll your D10 plus three, please. That would be another 10 points. And then I'm going to attack. Oh, that nat one's not going to do any good, but the other one's a 19. That'll hit. Four points damage. That is enough to take one of them down. So one less. Dash from your perch. On the shelf mushrooms, you see a line of six faceless ones begin a slow trot. They are running between the white snow birch and the rocky formation. It looks like they are coming to interrupt the ceremony that has yet to begin. I put the bow over one shoulder and my head. Action. I reach down with both hands through my field of arrows attempting to grab as many as I can with one action. And then movement, I jump from mushroom to mushroom to mushroom until I'm at the base. You snatch up as many arrows as you can in your hand, and you leap from one mushroom to another. But as you leap, you hear a voice in your head. It says, when it is time, you will know what to do with this. The necklace around your neck begins to vibrate and thumb, almost in a beating motion, much like the wings of an insect. There is a great jerk at your back, so strong that you are pulled backward off the step mushroom. You feel wings, real beating wings. There is a shower of magical energy, small dust-like glittering particles of magic. They begin to cascade from a set of large, powerful butterfly-like wings. They begin to beat fiercely. In your head, you hear the same voice. Fly, Dash. Fly. The battle. Dash flies, but not towards the battle. I fly out from the tree, drop down in front of the ritual, and as a bonus action, rage. I'm putting myself as close to Acorn as possible. Dash lands by the stone altar, fiercely beating wings on his back. Madri? Madri looks over at Earring and just keeps running, runs towards the edge of the group of the archers there. As soon as he does get there, he's going to unleash a single attack. 16. 16 hits. Five points of damage. Okay. And then he's going to unleash yet another gout of flame, or I should say lightning. Okay. 
Five, another five points of damage down a straight line of 30 feet on these archers. You race to the line of archers and a soldier stands in your way. You strike the soldier, shoving him out of the way as, as you move past him, knocking him prone. There is a small spark of energy, a glow in the belly of your shell that begins to creep up the entire course of your body. Tendrils of golden electric energy and then you unleash a lightning strike with a crackle and a hiss down the line of archers that are wheeling about, bows at the ready, to pepper you with arrows. Five points of damage? Five points of damage. I and say 10 or 12 or 15. <laughs> we don't fudge dice rolls. He's using a sheet of paper. <laughs> and a screen. Okay. I'm give Dash back his dice. I'll use my own from now on. They were better. How so bad? much for the druid dice. Yeah. Uh, that was a five. That was a, you're going backwards. A lot. You're just building courage. You're saving saving it for this one next roll that's going to be a 20. Thank you. And I'm going to tell Acorn, we need your help. She looks at you curiously. See if Oma will listen to you. Try one more time. Talk she, to her. She puts her hand on the, on the large tree and closes her eyes. Moments later, she opens them and shakes her head. Is she gone already? She shrugs her shoulders. That's my turn. Earring? Earring will move to be beside Madri and attack the prone soldier first that Madri had knocked over with his battle axe. 17? 17 hits. Seven points of normal damage and three points of psychic damage. Madri running ahead of you knocks the opponent prone much in the same way a football player attempting to make a touchdown would. As you come running by, he's standing up and you take his head off with a swing of your battle axe mid-run. Then I will turn my attention to the closest archer and attack that one with my dagger. Twelve. Twelve misses. And I make sure I am within five feet of Madri. Out of the corner of your eye, Mokui, you see Dash alight between the faceless ones emerging from the forest and Acorn. He has golden, magical butterfly wings on his back. Oh, shit. A cascade of magical energy emitting from them. Roll me a D10 dash to see how many arrows you're able to pick up. One. (laughs) (laughs) We probably picked up more than we dropped them on the way. Very tiny hands. Madri. DM Scott. What are you going to do? Madri's going to look down this line of archers. Roughly how many are still in front of him? All of them. Son of a mother. Well, he's going to systematically make his way down this line, punching and kicking and scratching and biting, and maybe he'll pull something out of somewhere. I got butterfingers today. Good going, butters. If only you had a little box to roll your dice into. You have to pick them up first. <laughs> <laughs> and we've discovered the problem. Henry misses his first one. What'd you roll? It was a three plus six. It was a miss. Sorry, I, I do for the listeners. Three plus six is nine. I missed. Yay, got it right the first time. He's Calvary going to fury of blows, flurry of fury. <sighs> With one of his hits, he gets a 18. 18, is that your attack roll or is that your damage? That's the attack roll. I, I have d force for damage. They don't get up that high. He hits, but it's... Uh, 
fire damage. Flaming fist comes through, and, and then the other one is a, a 10. That is a miss. Yeah. How much damage do you do with your flaming fist of fury? Six damage. Madri steps in, cocks back for a punch, and his fist ignites. He strikes the enemy. Flames shower over him. The hides he's wearing sizzle, but he remains standing. Oakley, ready to start that ceremony? Yes. Eighth time is the charm. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a nice roll. What'd you get? 21 total. Yay, double digits. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Even the opponents stand up and cheer and clap their hands. <laughs> Sweat lessons. It is then that you realize your mistake. Which is? And you begin the ceremony. You begin chanting the words in the book, and there is a rustle among the fallen dead leaves at the roots of Oma, and they begin to swirl about magical energy from a time long past. It builds in its crescendo, and there is a golden light cast upon the dying tree. Uh-oh. Keep going. I- <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? Anything in the book on what's supposed to be next? No. Oh, hell. Um, I'm trying not to. I'm going to take Acorn's hand in my hand and put my hand on the tree. And only because I know this worked, or I believe it worked with Acorn, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on the tree just to see if it absorbs the magical energies. And we'll go with that. So you stop the ceremony? I think there's a confusion there. I think with the way he described it, you don't know where to go with the ceremony. Yeah, you so- just you just weren't aware that these are the effects of the ceremony. I think that's where the clarification needs to be. It doesn't say in the book what the effects are going to be, but you know what to do next in the ceremony. Yes. It just doesn't explain what the effects are going to be. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Okay, so I think your interpretation of what he said was incorrect. Okay. You know what to do next in the ceremony. You just don't know what the effects are of the ceremony until you finish. It might surprise you. Yes, I'll just continue on with the ceremony. He finally started. That surprises everybody. You continue the ceremony. Yes. And reading the ancient words from the old book, the swirling magical energy begins to engulf the tree. There is a strong wind that builds around the tree, swirling almost tornado-like. It is powerful and buffeting. Your ear flaps begin to flap against the side of your head as you continue speaking the ancient words. The column of seven faceless ones moves forward towards the tree. They are beginning to move faster, a sense of urgency in their step. And more foot soldiers emerge from the forest and begin to close in on Longway. Longway, you wade into your opponents. You are hit three times, 21 points of damage. They begin hacking fiercely at you, desperately perhaps. The blows that miss only miss because you are able to deflect them deftly with your sword. Earring and Madri, the archers drop their weapons, they draw short swords, and they begin to close in on you. Party time. <laughs> Excellent. Earring, you're a hit twice. Six points of damage. Madri, you are struck twice. 32 points of damage. <laughs> you take nine points of damage as they close in on you, thrusting and stabbing with their short swords. He's within five feet of me, so I get to make a reaction attack against one of them. Okay. With my battle axe. 14? 14 misses. Your blow falls short as you attempt to aid your companion. Earring? Earring will attack one of them that's close to him with the battle axe first. It was on a 14, then it was on a 20, now it landed on 8, so a 12. 12 misses. Then with the dagger. That's a 19. That's a hit. Three points of normal damage, two points of psychic damage for a total of five. Bury your dagger deep in the chest of the first archer and he falls to his knees. 
and then to his side, dead. I'm going to take a bonus action of Fighting Spirit, which is going to give me advantage on my weapon attacks until the end of my current turn, and give me five temporary hit points. At that point, I will then wade into my opponents in front of me and tack the two directly in front of me with a weapon on each. That is going to be, thank goodness, I have advantage. Missing a die, there it is. All right, so that's going to be an 18 and a 12. The 12 is not going to The 18 will, though. That's going to be eight points of damage, and then I'm going to action surge and make another attack. If that one doesn't fall, then I will... That one falls. Okay, then I will turn slightly to my left and attack once again. That's going to be a 23 and a 17. Both hit. The first one's going to take uh, eight points, and the next one's going to take eight points. So eight on two separate opponents. Yes. You easily dispatch the first, taking its head from its shoulders with a clean sweep. The others, you parry their blows and move in with a thrusting attack, wounding both of them, but not slaying them. Dash? I look at Acorn. If the arrows fly again, find a place to nestle among the roots. I'll be back. I launch up, head towards the seven guys, go to full flight range, and fire my last remaining arrow. That's a three. You take flight, the magical wings beating fiercely. You alight before the column of faceless ones marching towards the tree and fire an arrow, which goes directly over the shoulder of the first. I then use my bonus action and fly back up to my perch and grab an arrow. That will grant them a parting shot. Quite okay. They are at disadvantage. They miss. Not expecting the sudden flight. Madri? Madri is going to, again, come through and try and punch one of these foes right in the face or wherever they hit. 16. 16 hits. 16 plus 6 points of damage. And then with his last key of the day, going to Flurry of Blows. Got a 12 and 21. 21 will hit. That is cold damage, max damage. It's going to be 8 points of damage. And he is down. You move in for an attack, block a sword blow from one of the archers, punching him in the throat. You dispatch him, step forward, adopting a horse stance, and with an open palm, strike the other one underneath the chin, breaking his neck. That is encased in rhyme. Cold damage, just... (laughs) Mokui continues the ceremony. We hope. Shh, don't... Sounds like a natural 20. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah. When he does the, the smirk, he wiggles his head back and forth with this little satisfaction look and points at the die. It'd be 22. 20. <laughs> Impressive. The ceremony continues. Yay, only Mokui step two has of found seven. his rhythm. <laughs> and the tree begins to grow brightly. We interrupt this podcast of an acorn journey to talk about our sponsor. Are you a veteran DM with more campaign ideas than prep time? Yeah, of course you are. Aren't we all? Does your party have a habit of going to the person or place that you would least expect? If they're like my group, they sure do. What if I were to tell you that I could put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk to cut down on your campaign prep? With Describe, we could do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there. And there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy-and-pastable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. When I was prepping for an acorn's journey, a D&D story, I used describe quite a bit. When you listen, you can hear it. 
One of the things I like the most about Describe is that if the narrative doesn't fit perfectly with your encounter, it's easy to modify while still sounding really good. I think this makes the more than 6,000 narratives that they have available for you even more valuable. It almost doubles what you have at your fingertips. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to Describe.com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, the conclusion of an acorn's journey, a DMD story. From the tree line, a large creature emerges, much like the horned riders, but larger. He is dressed in black and is hooded. He slowly moves his hood off his head to reveal two large ram's horns. He draws two wicked-looking swords. He starts shoving aside faceless ones, marching towards Earring Madri. The line of seven faceless ones begins to move up towards the tree. Long way. Your enemies continue to set upon you. One of them hits you, the others miss. As you're battling the others, a staggering display of swordsmanship. One moves behind you, stabs you in the side. You take seven points of damage. I don't think you realize, boys. I am a dragon. I will not fall. Madri and Earring, the archers move in close for another attack. Madri, you are struck once. And Earring will strike the one that struck Madri. You take seven points of damage, Madri, or does your attack negate that? It does not negate it, but it is, on your dice, a natural 20. (laughs) (laughs) That never happens on my dice. (laughs) Not while you're rolling them. No. (laughs) He's using up a lot of years of you using those dice. I have to just throw them away. 12 points of damage. And he drops. Long way? I once again. Oh, wait, I have to attack you, Earring. Yes, oh, and no. I still get my attack. Yeah, that he gets was a whole reaction. action. Yeah, that, that was, was just a reaction. reaction. <laughs> that was a reaction. Trying to skip me. <laughs> Madri, uh, angry as my dice that. are rolling so well for you. You are struck once by one of the enemies, and you take seven points of damage. Do I get to take an action now? You may. Earring will strike with the battle axe against one of the closer targets. 17. 17 hits. That would be for six points of damage. And you dispatch that enemy, taking his head from his shoulders with your battle axe. And then he's going to strike the next one with the dagger. 21. Hearing is on fire today. Four points of normal damage, one point of psychic damage for a total of five. I can math quickly. You thrust in Show with... Show off. <laughs> you dip in with a dagger thrust, catching one of the enemies in the side. Long way. Once again, I'm going to use a bonus action of Fighting Spirit to give me advantage on my attack rolls and give me another five temporary hit points. And then I'm going to attack the thickest group in front of me where they're stacked fairly deep. I'm going to add a superiority die to my primary attack roll, which is another D6. And I'm using the maneuver push attack, which if it is successful, will push that target back 15 feet. Is that on a single target? The primary weapon is where the bulk of it's going. And then the secondary attack will be a flank attack on one of the others. So that's going to be a 21 on the primary weapon. That is a good hit. Roll your damage. Uh, The damage is going to be 10 points, and he is pushed back 15 feet, provided he does not make his deck saving throw of 13. No saving throw necessary as you move in for the attack. 
you slay your opponent, slashing him across the belly, entrails pouring into the grove, and his limp form falls back. 15 feet. So if there's anyone behind him, you play that as necessary. The limp body hits one of the ones behind him, taking him off his feet. The secondary attack is a nat 20 for 15 points damage. That's on the secondary attack. So You follow up with a spinning scimitar attack, which parts the head from the shoulders of one of your attackers, and he falls. You'll find the dragon has sharp teeth. Dash. Dash fires an arrow to start with. That's only a seven. Then holds the bow directly out in front of himself, uses it as an improvised spear, and flies directly at the line of seven, aiming for one of them. Okay, and that is your move. You're in front of the line of seven. Madri? Madri is going to attack again. Just going to keep spinning and attacking and spinning and attacking as many enemies as possible. And he misses. Critically, not critically, but it's a two. That's a two on the die for a eight. Epic fail. <laughs> real bad. Real, real bad. And then as a bonus action, he's going to unarmed attack. 25. That hits. Cold damage, and it's max damage of eight. You move in with a spinning back fist. The minute your knuckles make contact with the jaw of your opponent, there is a flash of cold. He momentarily turns blue. There's a cracking of a neck as it swings well beyond the point where it is designed to. And he crumples to the ground. Okui. Continuing the ceremony, hopefully. Twelve. For a moment, the magical energy fluctuates. It begins to wane, and then there is a resurgence as you continue chanting. From the west, you hear a horn sound once. Twice. And then a third time. And the forest shakes terribly. Trees sway, threatening to snap in half. Suddenly, a massively built troll bursts onto the battlefield, bellowing fiercely and swinging his great axe like a farmer cutting wheat. Faceless ones fly to and fro as his mighty swings cast them aside like ragdolls. Rune has entered the battle. Moments after his appearance, a white doe leaps into the fray. As she hits the ground, she turns into a beautiful woman dressed in white leathers, swinging a quarterstaff. In her doe form, she will kick and bite fiercely at the skull-faced warriors. She is, at one point, a woman, the next, a doe, and Selene has entered the battle. The large, cloaked figure marches towards Adrian Earring. You have had your opportunity. You will now die a lingering, suffering death. And he attacks. At first, he moves in on Earring, hitting you with an 18. That hits. You take 11 points of damage. The next attack is a critical fumble. He stumbles a moment as he brings his cleaver-like weapon down on Madri. Was it tripped on one of the dead archers? Reaction attack. That is a 22. That'll hit. Four points. I am blessed by the Ascendant Dragon. You shall not defeat me, foe. Long way, the melee is fierce. You are bleeding. You are fatigued. But still, you stand strong against your opponents, unwavering. One of them strikes you with a fierce blow. You take an additional seven points of damage, but you resolve. It remains strong. Dash, your enemies begin to fan out, surrounding you. 
They menace you with their spears, jabbing at your tiny form. But your size is of benefit in this, for you were able to avoid most of the blows with the exception of but one. One of the spears finds its mark on your thigh, opening up a wound and a trickle of blood. You take seven points of damage. Glad I have resistance. Hearing. Hearing will swing at the boss monster, for lack of a better term, and battle axe and then dagger. 23 for the axe, four points of normal, two points of psychic for six, and then with the dagger, that is an 18. 18 hits. Three points. Oh, I'm sorry, five points. You move in on your opponent, he chuckles. You strike him once with your battle axe, a look of surprise on his face as a wave of energy washes over him. Your dagger lands true in his side, and for the first time you see one of these creatures wince in pain. Long way? How you doing over there? Oh, yeah, I'm still fighting. <laughs> and once again, going to channel my fighting spirit for my additional five temporary hit points, giving me advantage. I am going to scream out, I will not fall. I am a dragon. And the dragon speaks. And I will roar again. That's going to be a 20 and a 23. The 20 is going to be 9 points damage, and the 23 is going to be 5 points damage. Another one of your enemies falls for your onslaught, and more come to fill the gap. Now there are several foot soldiers marching from the forest, a tremendous number of them, a wave of enemies coming. Slowly and menacingly, they march towards the tree, a seemingly insurmountable force approaches. Dash. I note the one that actually landed the blow on me. I fly up in the air, interact with object at the top of my arc on his neighbor to the right, and all I do is open the drawstring on my pouch and let gravity pull all of the gold out. I dash and finish the arc, spearing into the face of the one who did me damage with the bow. Okay, you swing the bow. Oh no, it's straight out in front of me like a like I'm like, jousting. Like a lance. Like yes, a lance. Like I'm jousting. Six. <laughs> but it was a great setup. You fly up, releasing the drawstring on your pouch, showering one enemy with gold. The next, you attack, using your bow as a lance, if you will. But the new wings, you're still not used to them. So you overshoot your target. Now on the outside of the circle, they wheel about to face you. Madri. Madri is going to turn to this very large creature, and he's going to he's going to punch it, kick it, beat it down, he's going to destroy this thing. I will beat you. Not with that roll. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve is a miss. I got a question for you. How many key points do you have? Zero. Okay, this was the last one. No, I already used it. These are our unarmed strikes that I have as a bonus action. That was a ten. Madri punches and punches. Yeses. Demonstrating what will happen when he finally hits you. Ah! <laughs> you move in. There's times where you do strike this beast of a creature, but it seemingly has little effect. Your blows ricocheting off the armor, not finding the right kink in the armor to damage him. Locally, we will no longer require any more arcana rolls. You seem to have hit your rhythm. Wow. I was starting to sweat. But wait, there's more. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> okay. You do know that this ceremony requires a degree of concentration. Okay. Once that concentration is broken, the ceremony will, will fail. It's taking every ounce of your mind and body to control the ceremony. 
And I will do just concentrate and continue on doing the ceremony. Madri, the creature moves in on you. Frank's readying his dice. It strikes you, and you take 13 points of damage. No, nope, that's too many. <laughs> <laughs> I renounce your role <laughs> and substitute my own. I'll take one. <laughs> the reaction did not hit. That hurt lots. Are you down? No. Oh. How injured are you looking? That was almost half my hit points. Oh, okay. Because I'm not looking so good either. <laughs> We're just going to keep going. Yeah. Bloody fists and... The enemy you. has seemed to place his focus on Madri. He does not attack you. The line of archers begins to move. Short swords drawn. Long way. Bring it. You are attacked. You deflect the blows with your swords. Your scimitars ring against the metal of theirs, and you go unscathed. I'll put my pencil down. Dash, your opponents step in. Each takes their attack. All this dip between sword thrusts and spear strikes. Hearing? Just a moment. Your dice needs something. Now that they're charged up, let's have a roll. <laughs> All right, so Earring will attack first with the battle axe and then with the dagger. 15? 15 misses. Long way? I've expended all the opportunities to fortify myself. I will once again make two attacks, but I'm going to let out a roar. Oh, I just did that. I'm still under the effects of it. Okay, I have already let out my roar. I'm going to make two attacks, and I'm once again going to channel a superiority die to add to one of the hits and see if I can push yet another foe back 15 feet into some of the oncoming creatures. That's going to be a 23 and a 22. Both. 23. Yeah. Actually, they're both 23s. The primary attack is going to be six points damage, and the secondary attack is going to be 10. But the primary it has to make a deck save of 13, otherwise push back 15 feet. That enemy falls before your attack, and its limp, and its limp corpse is flung amongst its fellows. The second attack does how much damage? The second attack did 10. 10. Your follow-up strike opens up the belly of another enemy, and he crumples in a heap. You're all going to die at the hands of the dragon. And just as you say that, there is an otherworldly shriek. Something so primal and ancient, loud and fierce, that it stings the ears and shakes the very foundation of your soul. And then a large black shape appears, blotting out the sun. It circles the tree once, passes by the battlefield, and into the forest, it spews a gout of fire, burning everything in its wake. <laughs> a very Magia large has arrived. mini just came onto the table. Now there are two dragons. And now, milestone, we all go up a level, we all heal, we all get our spell slots back. <laughs> Hearing will strike the big guy. Battle axe. That is an 18. That'll hit. Nine points of normal damage, three points of psychic damage for a total of 12. Second attack. That's with, with the battle axe. Yes. That is with the battle axe. Second attack with the dagger is a 12. That's a miss. It's a whiff. You move in with your battle axe and slam it into the chest plate of the creature. You wrench it free as waves of energy ripple across him. He takes a step back and crouches ready for the next attack. Long way? Your doom is assured, for now there are two dragons on the battlefield. And I'm going to move my way in and through 
the combatants, taking the dodge action the entire time and feigning attacks. My AC has just gone up by two, but I am not attacking. I'm basically harrying and feigning attacks to make them think that I'm going to attack them and draw as many to me as possible. They begin to move in, closing in on you. Dash. Last time was a vertical loop. This time I am doing horizontal loops. The gentleman to the left of the one who hit me, I am just going to spin around his head, go to the opposite side, spin around another one's head, head towards my main target, and slam him in the face with the bow like a club shot. Well, you're attacked. That's a 10. That'll miss. You might want to try something that's a little sharper than a bow. Uh, rolling, fives, <laughs> rolling fives and below just doesn't matter. Nope. Madri? Madri's going to continue the onslaught, being uh, slightly bolstered by Magia showing up thematically. He's not bolstered. <laughs> Too busy a, staring at Magnia. That was an eight. <laughs> and he follows it up with another shot. Net 20! Uh, with a cold fist, he punches and... Five, four, nine points of damage. You move in with your attack, dipping under a sword strike, and give the beast the right cross. Just as your fist becomes as ice. His head whips about, and he growls return the growl. Mokui, the ritual has hit its crescendo, its peak. Acorn looks to you, blinks twice. I blink back? What's the next phase, or what is the next page of the book? That is the end of the incantation. Swirling magical energy engulfs the tree. Oh, shit. And I'll say, Oma, the child is here to replace you. I hope I'm doing this right. I will lead the child to where I think she should be and sort of plant her. And then I will say, we are here to defend you and I give my life for you. She steps forward, places her hands upon the tree. The magical energy begins to swirl around her. Earring, the beast moves in on you. It chops its cleaver-like swords down on you and you deflect them with a shaft of your battle axe. He misses. Long way. Using the dodge action, I spoke wrong. It's not a plus two. They are, as provided I make my dexterity saving throw, which I made with a 19, they are at disadvantage to hit me. Okay. But again, I'm going to go through feign attacks and harry them to, as long as they're swinging at me, they're not swinging at somebody else. You are struck twice for 16 points of damage. That puts me down. The last blow struck is directly to the chest of Longway. The sword is yanked out viciously. Blood falls to the ground. Longway drops to one knee and slumps to his side. His enemies begin a run past him towards the tree. Dash. I. You're being attacked. Oh, okay. Yep. They have disadvantage. You are hit once for seven points of damage. With what? With a spear. Okay, I have resistance against that right now. Madri, your enemy has already made his attack. You're spared. I don't get to make my reaction. <laughs> Mokui, you stand within the swirling magical energy with the child. She places her hands upon the tree. Tendrils begin to form on the base of the tree, and they wrap around her arms and her body, almost like an embrace. On the battlefield, Brune is smiting his opponents. Selene is swinging her quarterstaff, enemies falling at her feet. And Magya takes flight, dropping claws full of faceless ones to the ground below. Earring? Earring will... In what position is the, the main faceless one? What position is he in regards to Earring and Madri? He has squared off in front of the two of you. Earring is going to cast Zephyr Strike, and he is going to go for the knee. 
21. You hit with your battle axe, I assume? Yes. I keep forgetting to make him my favorite foe, so I'm going to make him my favorite foe now. It's about time. <laughs> Six points of regular damage, three points of force damage, and two points of psychic damage for a total of 11. You swing your battle axe low. He brings his swords up, expecting to parry a blow to his chest or head. When your battle axe makes its impact on your knee, it knocks a chunk of his armor free, and he buckles, dropping down to one knee. Earring will then move to his side and stab with the dagger, which will miss. He's Long down. Move. I made a successful death save. Oh, I, I don't do death saves. Oh, okay. I'm Everybody just... survives in 5e. That's bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dash. Having missed, I let the force of the miss pirouette me, and I slam the bow into his face. That one is a 22, or seven points of damage. You slam your bow into the face of one of your enemies, striking him. Gouts of blood spew forth from his cracked flesh. I will then use my movement and just fly directly at the face and through the face of anybody across the way. Madri. Madri steps up and targets the other knee of this foe, giant foe. And he comes across with the punch, slamming his fist into the knee with an 18. 18 hits. Max damage of 8. He then comes across the other side with a kick. Critical fail! (laughs) (laughs) You leap into the air, executing a perfect kick. However, he leans back slightly rearing his head in pain from the blow to his leg, and you go by him, leaping over his his leg, and are now off to one side. Mokui, the magical energy is has now engulfed you. I will let it engulf me and say, Oma, and I'll say this to the child too, and Druidic, if you need to use my life energies, please do. Throwing yourself on the sword, huh, Mokui? Pretty much. That's the least you could do up to this point. <laughs> the beast is brought to one knee. He staggers up, wobbling as he does so, and makes a mad lunge towards Madri. He strikes Madri twice, one with a nat 20. You take 24 points of damage. Turtle's on a crack shell. (laughs) (laughs) I only had 17 hit points left. You see this mad lunge as he drives his swords into Madri's back, bearing him to the ground under his weight. His back is now exposed to you, Earring. And Earring takes his reaction attack. Last reaction attack <laughs> and misses. Unless you were going to give me advantage because he's got you his may back. have advantage. And still misses. <laughs> it must be the tears in your eyes. Dash. At this point, I draw the longsword. Oh, wait, I'm attacking you. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Dash, you were hit twice for 14 <laughs> points. Spears. Resistance that to seven. Madri? Madri's down. Oh. Madri's down. Within the column of swirling magical energy, you see a brilliant flash of light. Covering your eyes, you tuck your chin down into your chest, awaiting what you believe is the inevitable, the drain of your life energy by the tree. When the flash subsides, you see the child is gone. The withered old oak begins to glow a vibrant, radiant, golden color. Green leaves begin to blossom on the trees, and the branches begin to sag with fruit. On the battlefield, there is a unified shriek from the faceless ones as they dissipate, the magical energies of the Wilderin casting them out. Magia looks around for a moment, and she too begins to dissipate, return to her swamp home. 
the curse and the magics that keep her bound there returning. The battle is over. I will run to my fallen companions and try to get them to get them up. Badger, you have fallen in battle. You look to your friend Longway who lays there. He has fallen as well. It's a hundred feet away. But there's nothing obscuring his vision now that the enemies are gone. I've got great eyesight. <laughs> your eyes flicker for a moment, slowly beginning to close, and you can feel the warmth overtake your body. You are now coasting upon the wings of the dragon. The heavens await you. The last thing you see, Longway, is Madri. His eyes close. Death takes him. Just a rest. That's all you need is just a rest, and then you will be able to get up again, you are certain. I reach to my belt, and I pull out a coin. I look at it, and I look at Madri, smile, and close my eyes. When you open your eyes, Longway, you're home. You look to see an outstretched hand before you. The sun of the east can be felt on your brow. You look up into the smiling face of your wife. Fields of flowers surround you, and you see your home in the distance. A gentle wisp of smoke from the chimney. Your children are playing outside. Your terrible wounds are gone. You're home now. You can finally rest. Longway, Madri, and the slain keeper have been returned to the wilderness in a great funeral pyre. Their memory and sacrifice will live on forever in the stories told of their heroism. You mourn the loss of your friends. There is an emptiness, a void deep in the pit of your being. They'll be missed. You feast in their honor and exchange stories of them, laughing as you recall some of their most humorous moments. The tone soon grows somber, as you all know. In the morning, you will part ways. You sleep deeply and awake in the morning refreshed. It is time to say goodbye. Mokui, as hard of a decision as it was, you determine that your path ends here in the Keeper's Grove to tend to Oma, the last remaining Hymurian source of magic for the Wilderin, and quite possibly the rest of Hymurian. You stand at the gate of Keeper's Grove, two large trees, and bid farewell to your friends. You exchange embraces and tears as you say goodbye. Earring, you feel more alone now than ever in this world. The Protectors are now disbanded. Longway and Madri are gone, and you may never see Mokui again. All that remains is Dash. As you say your last goodbyes, Dash clasps your hand with both his tiny hands, tears while in the corner of his eyes. You give him a knowing nod as you fight back tears of your own. You embrace Mokui, who looks up at you and smiles. He turns his head slightly and beckons to the wood. There you see a woman clad in white, wearing a headdress of leather and deer antlers. She smiles to you. Turning into a white doe, she turns as if beckoning you and leaps into the forest. You look down at Mokui, who is looking up at you and smiling. He nods. You return his smile and take a step forward, transforming into your cat form as you plunge into the wilderness after her, never to be alone again. Dash. The hum of wings fills the air as Dash bows before Mokui, hovering upon magical wings. He smiles broadly. Around his neck is the necklace, the eagle now gone. Dash hovers a moment before you, golden wings humming, scattering vibrant magical energy. He spins about, soaring above the wilderness canopy, a trail of glittering magic behind him. Fly, Dash. Fly. Thank you to our cast, Frank Whedon, Ben Petrie, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, Sin Morse, and your DM, Scott. A special thanks to you, our listeners. You are why we do this every week. We'll see you next time in the dojo. Dash soars through the trees on magical wings, the iridescent wings glistening in the sunlight, filtering through the leaves. He dips and dances through the branches, his laughter ringing like bells. The wilderness is alive with the sounds of nature, and he seems at one with it, a part 
of the magic that permeates the air. As he flies, he spreads a trail of glittering sparkles that cling to the leaves and flowers. Bursting through the canopy, he lands on a leaf, drinking in the sprawling landscape before him. Suddenly, he stops. Dash's smile slowly fades, replaced by a look of deep concern. Oh, no. He freezes, staring in terror at a massive ebon ring creeping across southern Kern, seemingly devouring the Prenagene nation. Plumes of dark smoke rise from the burning Prenagene cities. Join us for our next adventure, The Jewel of Mashapur, coming in July 2023.